folks who work in beer quality positions. We'll learn how they got into beer, what their day-to-day -day looks like, how they grew their quality programs, challenges they faced, advice for brewers looking to start a quality program, the best part of their jobs, and much, much more. I hope this podcast motivates you and gives you ideas about where to start and how you can improve your own quality program. Let's take a listen to our first guest. Hello and welcome everyone. Today I have Brandon Mays here from Pittsburgh Brewing in Pennsylvania. And Brandon, I first met you when you were still at Long Trail. So let's start by once you're talking about how you got into the beer industry uh, and how you ended up at Pittsburgh Brewing and how long you've been there. Yeah, great. Um, well, first, thanks, Amy, for uh, inviting me to talk today. And uh, yeah, so my name is Brandon Mays. I um, got into brewing in 2006, uh, starting with Long Trail Brewing Company as a quality technician. And I, um, you know, gradually worked up the ranks there. Uh, in 2012, became the quality manager. And 2015, um, the director of quality. And um, by the time I left, I was the director of brewing and quality in, from 2019. And I left in May of uh, 2021 to uh, come down here to Pittsburgh Brewing. And um, a little bit about uh, Pittsburgh Brewing is that, uh, you know, we're building a brand new 100-barrel brew house, um, an annual capacity of about 150,000 barrels. And uh, currently, Pittsburgh Brewing does not have a brewery, so they are doing all of their uh, products through contract brewing. And, um, you know, the idea here is to bring uh, Pittsburgh Brewing back into uh you know, the county that, you know, the city of Pittsburgh actually is, you know, resides. So uh, we are, you know, building this facility here in Allegheny County and uh, hope to be operational, you know, early part of 2022. Great. That's exciting. So you are currently building out the lab there. What does that process look like? Um, it was a pretty fantastic process, to be quite honest. Um, you know, we started with blank slate and um, the owner had tasked me with, um, you know, setting up a lab that is robust and, um, you know, capable of providing the brewery with uh, all of the quality checks and balances that, you know, are required to produce a, you know, consistent high quality product. So you know, I kind of just was able to start from scratch and buy all of the equipment that I um, wanted. I put together, um, you know, a list, a wish list, essentially, uh, you know, in a perfect world with no budget and uh, <laughs> whittled that down a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, Pittsburgh Brewing is, is uh, very committed to um, its quality program. So my budget was... Uh, <laughs> I was pretty happy with it, to say the least. So, you know, I started uh, reaching out to vendors that I had previously worked with at Long Trail um, and equipment manufacturers and, you know, gathered the quotes and started getting everything in. And uh, right now I'm sitting on almost the entire lab's worth of equipment and I'm waiting for the cabinets and countertops to get put in so I can place the equipment. Um, but it was a it was a pretty cool um, a, you know project where you know not everybody gets to build a lab from the ground up. I mean, mm -hmm. I started at Rail and walked into an existing lab, you know, where 
you know, through continuous product development or, uh, or continuous improvement, um, you know, we, we work to add capabilities, you know, throughout time. But here I'm just uh, basically adding all of our capabilities right from, you know, the word go. Yeah, that's great. So what kind of things did you, did you get for the lab? Well, uh, so uh, I started with, um, you know, reaching out to uh, folks who produce alkalizers and, um, you know, ended up going with Anton Parr. They seem to be the uh, top of the line uh, producers of, you know, alkalizers. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, you know, I went with that. Um, they also have very robust um, CO2 and DO monitoring equipment. Mm -hmm. So. You know, I just kind of stuck with those guys for that. Um, I, uh, you know, continued my relationship with uh, the fine folks at Perkin Elmer for uh, the GCMS and um, the UV Vis spec. Um, I just, you know, being a producer of, uh, you know, American style lager, I felt like, you know, it was in our best interest to have a lab that, um, you know, was able to monitor at the part per billion level for diacetyl mm -hmm. and DMS, you know, so I went with the, the GCMS for that purpose. The UV Viz spec for color and um, bitterness. Uh, what else did I, <laughs> I go through my list here? Uh, full microbiology capabilities um, from mostly classic. Mm -hmm. I will have some ability to do some, you know, rapid PCR testing, but that primarily will be utilized, you know, for troubleshooting purposes. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, a very, you know, high quality microscope, pH probes and meters, uh, you know, and then, you know, your standard lab wear. Yeah, great. Any uh, tips on selecting countertops? <laughs> well, um, there's an awful lot of, uh, of different types out there. I mean, you know, working in a beer lab, uh, you're, um, you're not going to be working with any horribly abrasive or, um, corrosive products, you know, outside of, you know, your caustic mm -hmm. and, um, some of the solvents you use for bitterness, for example, um, which all really occur in, in a fume hood. So your, um, countertop, doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, your uh, high quality, you know, marble mm -hmm. <laughs> or stainless steel top or something like that. Uh, we went with, um, you know, a, a more well-produced laminate coating, basically, mm -hmm. um, you know, one that uh, is going to resist peeling, but it's not, um, you know, a, a top of the line countertop by any means. It's just something that's going to be very useful and um, and hold up over time, you know. And cabinets are, are um, just stainless steel cabinets with glass fronts, so I can see what's in them. Nice. So, is this lab uh, how much bigger? Is this about the same size brewery then, or a little bit smaller? I'm not, um, I don't remember how big Long Trail is. Yeah, uh, Long Trail and Otter Creek combined are um, probably. 75,000, 85,000 barrels a year. Okay. Um, at least that's what it was when I left. And um, yeah, so our annual production for Pittsburgh Brewing right now is about 100,000 barrels a year. But I do anticipate um, there to be a bit of a, 
an initial increase, you know, just bringing the beer mm-hmm. back to Allegheny County. Um, there's a lot of buzz around this facility. So um, we're anticipating, you know, out of the gates, you know, ramping up pretty quickly, you know, in a, in a perfect situation, we're going to, once we commission everything, we're going to be, you know, pretty much going full throttle. Mm-hmm. Are you currently doing much work with the contract brewers or mostly focusing on getting the new one set up? Yeah, I'm mostly focusing on getting the, the new uh, brewery set up. I, um, you know, work with um, Pittsburgh Brewing's brewmaster, uh, who is down there uh, overseeing the daily production of products at, at um, City Brewing. And, um, you know, he and I review quality parameters and data, uh, but they have, you know, it's a well-established contract brewer that has all of their um, quality programs in place. So, uh, you know, I'm really only involved if they have something that's outside of control and it's. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've got lots of experience with large breweries, big labs here. What would you suggest to somebody who's just kind of starting out their quality program and, and just getting a lab up and running? Well, I would say, you know, any brewer's goal is to, um, you know, have repeatability and consistency in their product. Mm -hmm. So I would focus on having the ability to uh, monitor and um, verify some of the brewing quality parameters that are key to producing that repeatability and consistency. And that would be, you know, monitoring wort aeration, yeast pitching rates, you know, high temperature control, accurate flow rates, um, robust CIP procedures, adequate fermentation times, detailed oxygen control, and precise carbonation. Um, you know, and that should get you your consistent product. So, I mean, that that means uh, having a way to measure um, dissolved oxygen in your product from wort aeration, where you're going to be in the part per million range. Um, to finished product, which is in the part per billion range, um, having you know pH monitors, really good um, hydrometers, or you know ways to measure you know your specific gravity during fermentation, knowing that you're hitting your temperatures for starch conversion to sugar in the brew house, so that you're locking in the same fermentability batch to batch. Um, those are the things that I would focus on and, you know, verifying CIP procedures are really just, um, you know, establishing some classic microbiology, doing some plating, making sure there's no wild yeast or bacteria in any part of the process that um, is going to lead to problems down the road. Um, understanding the difference between, you know, uh, beer spoiling bacteria and um, what I call indicator bacteria mm-hmm. is key um, where, you know, you can find that there may be some bacteria or wild yeast present, which identifies, you know, an area that you should focus on, uh, you know, reviewing CIP procedures, but not necessarily leading to any, you know, issues down the road, Um, you know, meaning that, you know, that bacteria or wild yeast will not survive in an anaerobic environment. So, you know, you sample that same tank in a couple days and it'll be clean, but those indicator species, really are useful in trying to track down and troubleshoot problems. What do you think are some of the most overlooked areas of quality in a brewery? Um, that's a good question. I think 
oxygen control post-fermentation is um, often, I wouldn't say overlooked, but uh, not considered a real critical mm -hmm. control point. You know, so people may be measuring oxygen uh, in the packaged product, um, but are they measuring oxygen each time you move the beer from post-fermentation through to bright tanks? Are you purging lines uh, either with deaerated water or with CO2 and making sure there's no oxygen pickup during the process? Because uh, if you're only measuring it at package, uh, you may have oxygenated your beer at some point mm -hmm. and that oxygen then you know reabsorbed, but the damage is already done and uh, you might not see it. So it's, you know, making sure that uh, you're monitoring oxygen every time you do anything to the beer post-fermentation, I think is a, is a key one for sure, um, which has, you know, as you know, drastic impacts on uh, shelf stability. Um, and I would also say, you know, sticking on the oxygen um, subject that, you know, Providing adequate aeration to uh, your ferments, I mm -hmm. think, is often overlooked as well. Um, you know, I would say well over 70% of any stuck fermentation I've ever had to troubleshoot, um, I could directly relate back to under aerating the wort. Oh, interesting. And it's not necessarily a pitch rate. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the day-to-day the -day lab tasks? Well, there it's... Uh, you know, monitoring your fermentation. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's taking daily pH and gravity readings, um, temperature readings, uh, daily micros, which would be, you know, you should certainly pull a micro sample, um, you know, and there's various methods for doing that from, you know, advanced PCR to, you know, just getting a whirl pack bag and, you know, a sterile bag and putting your sample in there and, make you know seeing if it if it you know develops pressure mm -hmm. um you know like from a word sample uh but anyway yeah there's i would take you know daily fermentation samples for microbiology you know preferably about 24 hours into ferment um that's that seems to be you know an optimal time to take that and then anytime you move beer you need to take a, a micro sample uh you know color and IBU analysis I found is most valuable to do on wort samples, um, specifically if you're doing multiple batches into one tank. Uh, if you, you know, grab a freshly chilled wort sample and run IBU and color on it, um, you know, you will have time to react typically uh, if there were any issues um, on subsequent batches, or at least have the information well in hand to uh, react um, downstream. Mm -hmm. I've in the past tried doing color on wort samples, but would often have haze issues be, you know, it's hard to compare samples if it were like multiple batch samples, just some of them would be too hazy. I don't, do you have a solution for that or in your sample prep maybe? Yeah, I, uh, I use syringe filters mm. through a uh, um, 0.45 yeah. micron filter. Uh, and then, so yeah, not everybody's going to be using, uh, you know, a, a spectrometer mm -hmm. to 
you know, monitor color. So it could be visual, but, you know, filtering it obviously will remove any of that haze factor so you can get more apples to apples comparisons. That and, uh, you know, understanding that the specific gravity of that, that word sample may not always be the same, you know, batch to batch, there's some variations, um, you know, and then factoring in what that specific gravity is, especially if you're a high gravity brewer, um, what that color translates into post fermentation or post dilution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've just got to factor in all of that stuff to make sure that you are comparing apples to apples when it comes to uh, color comparisons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do the same thing, uh, bitterness. Mm -hmm. What type of reporting do you, or are you planning to do there or, you know, maybe back at long trail? Is it mostly kind of, you know, internal communication between quality department or did you have ways of, you know, talking to everyone at the whole brewery about quality? Primarily we just, uh, documented all quality data on, you know, this, this central server. So everybody had access mm -hmm. to quality control documents. Um, and generally I would review, anything that falls outside of specification, you know, directly with either, you know, department supervisors or, um, you know, the brewers themselves, uh, you know, it was just kind of keeping lines of communication open and, and um, talking with people, uh, I always found was the best way to deal with that, you know, as far as reporting, you know, quality and, you know, monitoring key performance indicators and things like that with upper management and stakeholders that, you know, I would produce, um, some reports on, on, you know, a given frequency, you know, for example, customer complaints, I would, uh, I would provide an annual report. Um, but things like micro and chemistry reports, you know, would be much more frequent, like monthly. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite part of your current job? <laughs> um, well, I'm just, I'm very nerdy about beer and <laughs> I absolutely love, you know, breaking down every aspect of beer, you know, from a biochemical standpoint to a microbiological standpoint. I like recipe development mm -hmm. and, you know, I get a chance to do quite a bit of that. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be putting in a 10 barrel pilot system here, you know, as part of a customer experience kind of thing where, you know, you come visit the brewery, you're going to get to, you know, try, uh, you know, standard Iron City or Icy Light, but, you know, you might get to try some, some new products that we're working on or just some, some fun things that we want to do. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the recipe development aspect there and, uh, you know, getting, a, getting to play around a little bit on a smaller scale, mm -hmm. you know, hope, hopefully some of those down the road become a hit and we, you know, they get to graduate to the, to the big system. Yeah. What are some of the biggest challenges you faced in quality control? I would say that's a good question. That there have been a couple instances over the years where um, certain beer spoilers show up at various times due to the fact that they're such slow growers mm -hmm. that um, by the time you identify an issue, you really have to be excellent with your. Uh, troubleshooting skills mm -hmm. and, you know, if needed experimental design to really track down where this came from. And, you know, there had been a couple challenging, uh, 
events over the last, you know, 15 years that uh, really tested, you know, my patience and, uh, and my ability or my uh, own, I guess, self-worth when it comes to <laughs> uh, troubleshooting because mm-hmm. I've really been stumped on a couple cases. But, you know, the nice thing about, the, you know, the beer industry, and I, it's probably true with, you know, other, other jobs, but, uh, you know, we all really work well together and there's an awful lot of resources that you can reach out to, um, you know, through colleagues and uh, organizations and, you know, associations and, you know, industry stuff like that, that, you know, really kind of help, help you guide through some of those things. So there have been a couple challenging, you know, issues, primarily microbiologically related <laughs> over the last 15 years that have challenged me, but, um, you know, none of them have, uh, you know, led to excessive gray hair. <laughs> That's good. You're still in it, right? So. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you know, everything's a job at some point. You don't wake up doing cartwheels every day, but, um, <laughs> you know, for the most part, you know, I, I'd say working in the beer industry is the greatest job in the world. Yeah. What is, do you have any advice for someone who's maybe getting a quality program started? Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would, go back to, uh, you know, focusing on consistency and repeatability mm-hmm. and quality and, uh, you know, find out how to best manage and monitor and test, you know, those specific key parameters that, uh, will lead to that, you know, batch to batch consistency and quality, uh, and starting there and then, you know, building your program up, uh, slowly. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it can be quite the capital investment to, you know, add, you know, just one capability, let alone, you know, however many capabilities you're looking to add at one time. So I would recommend, you know, focusing on those key parameters that are going to allow you to produce consistent quality beer and then work on building your program up from there. Um, you know, and then, you know, having uh, a strong knowledge of, uh, water quality and um you know wastewater i think is uh is always a plus because Mm -hmm. um that ultimately is going to be part of the quality manager's job as well is you know what's what's the status of our incoming water and uh what are we doing with what's going down the drains yeah all right i think that's all the questions i have do you have anything that you wanted to add Anything? No, I, I mean, I don't think so. I think, um, you know, there's, I think when I started in the industry in 2006, there were under 3,000 mm-hmm. um, breweries. And I believe at last check, we had topped 8,000 yeah, in the U.S. So, uh, so, I mean, obviously the industry as a whole is growing. There's a lot of interest in people wanting to get into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am excited for the growth of the industry and I'm hoping that people are putting, you know, the proper uh, considerations in when it comes to quality. Uh, Cause you know, if you forget quality, then <laughs> bad things will happen. Right. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that aspect. Yeah. To see where, where the industry goes. Cool. And where can people learn more about Pittsburgh brewing? Uh, Pittsburghbrewing.com. All right. Uh, and I believe there are some social media uh, outlets, uh, I'm sure, uh, Facebook and Twitter, I believe, are under the Iron City handle. 
Okay. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to keep coming. I think you know as the brewery gets closer to opening, and uh, mm-hmm. you know hopefully yeah, we we start you know pushing out more and more. Uh, you know, I guess blast on social media because it's it's going to be an exciting project. Yeah. So follow follow them there. All right. Well, thank you so much for for talking to me, and uh, I'm sure we'll chat again soon. That sounds great. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you're looking for more quality tips, check out season one of Check Your Beer, where I'm joined by Julie Smith of Lawson's Finest Liquids. Also, check out ZymologyLabs.com for more resources and blog posts.